Thank you so much for joining us for this journey through the book of Romans by Pastor Sumiko Stroud of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located in Bremen, Georgia. To find out more information about our ministry, just log on to www.kingdomrock.org. And now here is Pastor Sumiko Stroud with Part 8, Journey Through the Book of Romans. We are slowly moving through Romans. Every time I think we're going to speed up a little bit, we actually end up slowing down. So it was my intention today to cover all of chapter 8, but I found out fairly quickly that that was not going to happen. So we are going to at least cover chapters 8, verses 1 through 14 uh, this morning. And then hopefully we will finish it up uh, next week. I don't know why I feel rushed because I'm not, I mean, I could use all next year and cover this if we wanted to, but I just feel compelled to move along because I don't want to lose you guys. Don't want y'all to get bored um, or restless, so we will cover it. So we're not covering everything, and if you're reading along and you're studying along, you know that there are some things that we haven't mentioned, uh, because to cover it all uh, in detail would take a very long time. So what we our goal in Sunday school is to cover enough to help you to learn that something that you didn't know already and possibly, um, you know, get you excited about your own personal Bible study and doing some of it at home. So that is always my goal, sort of pique your interest, uh, your curiosity that you will open up your Bibles uh, when you're not here and, uh, read the word of God or think about the word of God or pop in a CD or something uh, to keep our minds on what's in the scripture. All right. So I'm going to read this morning uh, verses one through 14, and I am reading from the new King James version. If you want to follow along or you can just listen, it reads as follows. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do and that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if the spirit you, but if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. <clears throat> now, if you're hearing that for the first time, or even the second time, or maybe even the third time, you're probably thinking, much like I was, 
what? There's a lot going on, sort of confusing, and what he has to say. So we're going to take our time and go through it this morning. Now, the first couple of verses, there is this song that came out years ago that I don't even remember the rest of the song, but the first part of the song are the first two verses of Romans chapter 8. So every time I read them, I hear the song in my head, and I'm tempted to sing them, but there's that whole matter of not being able to sing. So if I go off into a little melody, you'll know that's what there is about. Because that is kind of the only way I can remember those verses from that song. Okay, so there is therefore now no condemnation to them in Christ Jesus. Um, no condemnation. We've talked about condemnation before, and usually I tell you it means, you know, condemned means not fit for use. But we're going to look at it uh, in a little bit more in depth today. Uh, no condemnation. When somebody has been condemned, a murderer has been condemned, they've been pronounced guilty and sentenced. So what we are saying here when we say no condemnation, we are saying that even though we are sinners, even though we have uh, committed a wrong we are not going to be pronounced guilty and sentenced. Now that doesn't apply to just anybody, only to those who are in Christ Jesus. Now in such a little word with such an in-depth meaning. When you are in something, you're more than just associated with it. It's more than just knowing it or being next to it or in proximity to it. You're actually included. There's some inclusion. Example, some people who live in uh, areas where they're prone to tornadoes and storms of that sort have storm cellars. So the storm cellar is underground. They usually have supplies of whatever they need to keep them safe and, you know, supply whatever uh, supplies uh, for whatever length of time. So when a storm comes, what do they do? They go and get in the storm cellar. Now, if you're in the storm cellar, the whole idea of having it is that you're going to be safe. You can still hear what's going on outside. You're aware of all the things that are happening. But as long as you are in the storm cellar, you're okay. If you are standing by the storm cellar, not, not so much. You're not safe, right? If you know of the storm cellar and it is down the road from you, but you don't go and get in it, still, that knowledge doesn't save you. It's the fact that you are physically, that you are in the storm cellar. So when we are in Christ Jesus, he's like our storm seller, then we are free from this condemnation. We will not be pronounced guilty and sentenced for the wrongs that we've done or the wrongs that we are going to do. Isn't that amazing? Uh, because he's already paid the penalty for that. That's the whole on the cross situation. Paid the penalty uh, for those sins. So we want to be, uh, think about that in our minds that it's when we talk about being justified and we talk about salvation, we are saying that we are in Christ Jesus. So that is who this applies to. There's therefore now no condemnation to them who are in, to them in Christ Jesus. Okay. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death. Now, there are two laws in, at play here, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus and the law of sin and death. They both still exist. However, when you're in Christ Jesus, 
the law of the spirit of life is going to overpower um, the law of sin and death. It doesn't get rid of it, but it, it, it overpowers it so that we can float above it, so to speak. An example in Romans chapter 7 uh, that Paul gives us is about marriage. He talks about there is um, the law of marriage. If a man and woman are, are together as husband and wife, then they are married. And if the woman leaves and decides to go and marry another man while she's still married to the first man, that there is considered adultery. That would be a no-no. But now if the husband, if the first husband dies and then she goes and marries somebody else, that's okay. Why? Because once the first husband dies, that law of marriage no longer applies to her because she's not still a married woman. Marriage, the law of marriage still exists. It just doesn't apply to her. Okay. So what happens with us is that we were uh, in a relationship with sin and death. And as long as we were in that relationship, we couldn't be in a relationship with Jesus Christ. But we died to sin. In that example, we're like the husband. The law of sin and death still applies. It's still here. But we died to it. And when we died and rose up, was resurrected with Christ, it's like we died, but we came back as a different person. And now we're in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Are you with me? Okay. So the law of sin and death still applies. It just now does not apply to us. Because we are uh, under or subject to the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus because we are in Christ. We still together? All right, good. Well, we'll press on. All right, for what the law could not do and that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of flesh. Now, the law itself was not weak. Remember we said the law is a mirror for us. It shows us. Uh, what we're doing wrong. It shows us that we need a savior. The law itself is wonderful. It's when flesh tried to walk it out uh, where the problem lies. So the law was weak in the flesh, which is why we need it because we are, excuse me, we are flesh. If you didn't know, that's there. And so when we tried to walk out in that, because we have this little rebellion to us, that when we are told you're not supposed to do something, well, for some reason, that's the very thing that we're inclined to want to do. And so we needed uh, something more. We needed uh, Jesus to come and pay the price uh, for those sins. And so, you know, we say the law is like a mirror to us. It can't help us to be right, uh, but it does show us uh, where we are wrong. All right. So, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, uh, and those who spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit. Now, we're going to step over here for just a second. Big word for the day, triune. We are a tri triune being. We are spirit, soul, and body. Spirit, now that's the real me. <clears throat> you guys don't get to see that, right? But that's the spirit. Um, you can tell based on my actions, you know, what kind of person I am and based on, you know, your interaction with me, but we cannot physically see the spirit. That's why a body is so important. The body is a temporary dwelling, uh, of my spirit. 
temporary and that it doesn't matter what you do to it, how well you take care of it, it eventually is going to play out. Or somebody's going to, you know, play it out for you. <laughs> Either way, it's temporary, right? Um, but we still should take care of it to get as, you know, much use of it as we can. But eventually, it's going to go. Soul is a place of our mind and emotions. Now, when we talk about being carnally minded or being spiritually minded, there's a little battle here for who's going to control these, this mind and our emotions. If we let our body control it, then we are going to mind the things of the flesh. You know, you've ever heard people tell them the children don't mind you. You need to mind me. You ever wonder, that's such a strange expression. And you need to mind me or you need to mind your behavior, mind your manners. That means you need to think, put your mind on those things. So when we mind the things of the flesh, we put our mind, our, our thoughts, our emotions based on, uh, we apply them to those things that this body craves. Now, this body is a temporary dwelling, came from the dust of the earth, and so it craves the things of this world, those things that we can uh, experience from our senses. So when we put our mind on those things, uh, the result is death, because this body is dying, right? Or Nobody's surprised by that, is it? Our little temporary dwellings, they're dying, and the things that it craves are things that sometimes will bring death. And so when we put our mind on that, on those things, we are mining those things that are only meant for temporary purposes, not the real of existence. But when we put our minds, when we let our spirit, the real me, this, um, you know, our spirit that's been, we, we've been reconnected uh, with God. We are flowing in his Holy Spirit. When we let our spirit be the one that controls our minds and our emotions, then we have, we are being spiritually minded. We are mining, minding the things that are the spirit, the things that are like God. Um, and then we are, um, you know, focused on those things. And we have peace and we have hope. So there is a difference. So we have to find out who's ruling us. Now, these are Christian people here. Now, when, remember, we're talking the letter of Romans is to the church. So we're not talking about a choice of unsaved people or saved people. These are people who are in Christ Jesus. There's no condemnation. Uh, we we've, are free from being pronounced guilty and sentenced. But once we've done that, sometimes people stop at that. They come and they repent and they give their lives to the Lord and they want to be um, reconciled with God and they acknowledge the work on the cross and they're, they're saved and they don't go any further than that. They don't try to then focus on the things of the spirit. They just continue to live life as they did before. Now, you know, the problem with that is that a carnal mind, one that's led uh, by the body, uh, is enmity against God. And what that means is, is there's hostility and there's, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, hatred. It doesn't want to submit, doesn't submit to the rules of God, to the, to, to the law of God. If it did, we would have been fine with the law, 
Okay. We would have been able to do what the law required us to do and we would not have needed the work of the cross, but it doesn't. So when we are focused, when we allow our um, soul to be ruled by our bodies, then we are focusing on those things that are contrary to what God wants us to focus on. Now, so what happens with my Christian relationship if I do that? Well, my relationship with God is still intact. We're not doing what he wants us to do. He's unhappy uh, with us, but our relationship is still intact. How do I know that? How many people in here have children? Your children ever do anything to upset you? Ever do something that was contrary to what the very thing that you told them to do? Were they still your children afterwards? That relationship was still intact. You may have been unhappy with them. You may have been angry with them. You may have even been disappointed in them, but they were still your child. Even if you have, you know, like you always see these um, television shows, whether it be this, you know, uber rich family, and there'll be one child that just doesn't, can't stand uh, their family, and so they decide to just go off, and I'm not going to have anything to do with them, and anything about their principles, or I'm not, I'm just going to go and make my own way. Well, they're still a child, even though they're saying that they are moving away. I'm not having anything to do with you. You know how I know they're still a child? Because when that parent dies, when it's time for the reading of the will, they have to go find them, don't they? And whether or not they decide to take what they've been given, they're still, they still inherit. They still stand in the position of a child and they still can receive uh, what's there. So if we choose to be carnally minded, to mind the things of this world as opposed to the things of God, we will be at enmity with God. We will be hostile towards him, but we're still his child. I don't really want to be that rebellious teenager from my entire relationship. God's been way too good to me, but we are still his child. Our fellowship, we're out of fellowship with him, but our relationship is still intact. We fall out of fellowship with our physical children from time to time. You know, case in point, just go to your room. I don't even want to talk to you right now. Just go to your room. We're out of fellowship, but we're not out of relationship. I don't, you don't go down to the courthouse and retrieve their birth certificate and take your name off and say, this child is not mine. I, I just not even there. Um, so our fellowship with God is hindered when we are carnally minded, but our relationship with him is still intact. Um, but we don't want to be out of fellowship with God. Do you want to be out of fellowship? Well, I don't want to be out of fellowship with him. <clears throat> and the way we can think about it is when we give our lives to the Lord, we do have a deposit of the Holy Spirit in us. Pastor Stroud's been telling us about that in our Wednesday night, Holy Spirit in you. Uh, we have that deposit of the Holy Spirit in us. Now, of course, we can then, you know, seek more and more of the, of the Spirit in our lives. But we have that little deposit of the Spirit in us. And the, and the job of the Spirit uh, is to help us to become Christ-like. Now, we can deny him that access and we can grieve the Holy Spirit by not letting him do the work that he's come to do because we're going to do what it is we want to do. But the thing to remember, and some people, you know, will we'll get all caught up in, can I do this? Is this sin or is this sin or is this sin? And instead of focusing on that, just remember, I can do whatever I want to do. 
I can go wherever I want to go. I can see whatever I want to see. I can say whatever I want to say. But I am taking the Holy Spirit with me when I go. And do I want to subject him to that? If Jesus were in physical form sitting next to me, would I carry him to that movie to watch that movie with me and have to look over at his expression? Would I have him stand with me as I'm partaking in this conversation that I'm having with this person? Would I take him with me uh, to whatever this place is so he can witness whatever it is I'm doing? You know, what's so funny to me is that when people are doing something they're not supposed to do, if one of the pastors step out, they're like, you know, try to hide real quick. And I'm like, you do know that Jesus is watching. I'm not really caring what you're doing. I'm just trying to go outside. (laughs) But Jesus is there already. He's already seen what you've done. And so if we think about that, I think that will be more helpful to us when we realize I am carrying the Holy Spirit with me to these places um, in these conversations. And do I want to grieve him? How is that going to make him feel to have to be a part of this? Because he's in me. So wherever I go, he's there. And I don't have the option of telling him Just wait right here. I'll be back in 10 minutes. Just give me 10 minutes. I'll be right back. Now, so we, you know, that should be something we think about when we decide whether or not we want to be led by our bodies, be carnally minded, or if we want to be spiritually minded. And that's the decision that we make over and over again. Every day. Several times of the day. We will have opportunities. There's a little battle going on. And we will have, we'll have opportunities to decide who we want to be led by. And we have to choose. I want to be led by the Spirit. And sometimes when we're being led by the Spirit, it's uncomfortable because you're going to have to tell yourself no to some things. Some things that you may not want to tell yourself no to. And so then we have to pray, Lord, help me to want to say no when I have those opportunities. Okay. So ask ourselves the question, um, Would this offend the Lord? Would what I'm doing or saying, would that be offensive to him? Do I want him to go into these places? Do I want him to be exposed um, to this kind of things? Because we are debtors. In verse 12, it says we are debtors. We know what it is to be a debtor, right? I'm sure everybody in here has either had some debt or currently has some debt. Um, When you're indebted to someone there's a little bit of control over your actions that you give up, don't you? When you owe, if you owe people, if you have, you don't really get to just live the life of somebody, you know, sort of flitting around from one place to the other. You kind of have to have some, if you care about, you know, who you owe. And some people just rack up bills and they don't care. But if you're concerned about your debt, then when you don't feel like going to work, you still go because, you know, well, they say, I owe, I owe, so it's off to work, I go. <laughs> because you have a debt that needs to be repaid. We have a debt that we cannot repay. It doesn't matter what we do. We cannot repay uh, the debt that Jesus paid for us on the cross. But we can at least do what he asked of us to do, right? Because we are debtors not to the flesh, We don't owe the flesh anything. 
Our bodies did not die on that cross. They did, it didn't suffer that persecution. So we don't owe this flesh. Um, and sometimes I think we, we act like we do. You know, when we have those cravings for stuff. And people say, I owe it to myself. I've worked hard. I've done this. I've done, I've done that. I owe this to myself to be able to have this little bit of, you know, whatever on the side that I know is, you know, slowly killing me. But I owe it to myself. We don't owe that to ourselves, to our, to our bodies. That's who we're trying to pay because our spirit wouldn't want that. Our spirit wants the things of God. So if we were saying, I owe it to the real me, then I would be living a godly life. But when I say I owe it to myself to have this little vice or this little pleasure, I'm saying I owe it to my body. And my body is a temporary dwelling. And I don't owe it anything. But I do have a debt to the Lord. I have a debt to the Spirit, not to the flesh. So if we live according to the flesh, there's going to be death. There's going to be worry. There's going to be all sorts of things that come along when we live a life that we're just trying to please um, ourselves in the right now. That's how we get into debt, right? We buy things we can't afford because we want them. Uh, we get things when we should wait uh, until we can. Um, you know, case in point, this this whole weekend with the whole, you know, Black Friday that extended from the Friday before. I mean, the, when you look at what people were doing, when it comes down to shooting or cutting people to get an item in the store, you may want to take a minute of pause and say, do I need that cell phone? Do I really have to have this television? If it's driven you to the point where you would leave a kid in the car, go make your purchase and go home without said child, you may want to rethink some things. I think we've gone too far. And we have to be careful when we get so caught up in giving. Now, the body loves it. Good grief. I had a terrible time myself. I refused to go. and But my body was like, oh, you got credit cards and they've got space on them. And I'm like, no, we're getting out of debt. Getting out of debt means not using those credit cards. So I, you know, I told y'all before, I took them all out of my purse. I can't even remember where a couple of them are. I probably should find them. Um, but it's like every time I made a step towards it, then I'd get a letter in the mail. Oh, we've increased your balance. And I'm like, dear Lord in heaven. Oh, this must be of you. <laughs> right? And then I had one just out of the blue who just said, you know, it was a store credit card, but they made some changes. So now it's not even just a store credit card. I can use it anywhere. And it has like a high limit. And I'm like, oh, this must be of God. <laughs> But I know that it's not, right? And if I were doing what I thought, I owe this to myself. We've worked hard. We've, you know, have a good pay history. Uh, we have all of this, you know, and I could go out and try to reward myself. But then what am I going to be doing afterwards? At the altar praying, Lord, please send us some money to pay this credit card bill. Please send it, you know. We so I th I'm not, I'm not going to do that. But that's a sacrifice, you know, it, when we decide, I'm not going to let my flesh control this decision. I'm going to pray and I'm going to be led by the spirit. And my spirit didn't need a television. Probably any televisions when you consider the stuff that comes on them. You know, my flesh didn't need a lot of the things. When I, you know, when I stopped and I thought about it, I thought, well, if you went shopping, what would you get? 
And as I looked around, I'm thinking nothing that I don't already have, you know, a newer version of it. You know, and I had gotten this email that the um, I have a nook color and, you know, the new ones that come out. Oh, they're, they're almost like dirt cheap. And I was like, I should go and buy one. I'm like, why? Because it's on sale. Because it's so cheap. I should get one because it's cheap. You see how crazy that reason is? I already have one. I can only read from one at a time. And so what if it only costs 60 bucks? I could do something else with that $60. But when we get caught up in following the things of the flesh, it ties us to things that are in this world. And that is what this world is about, more and more stuff. You know, we get something, then a new one comes out, and then it just it blows my mind when people will stand in line for days to get the new version of the phone that they already have. I mean, what what is it going to do? Eventually just make the person you want to call appear in front of you? I mean, what else can it do? It's a phone. <laughs> but we will do that because we want everybody to know that we have the latest whatever, latest and greatest of something that's out there. That's catering to the things of the flesh, the things of the spirit. And, and those same people, if you were to ask them, would you stand with me for the next two hours? We're going to join in prayer. I ain't praying for no two hours. I'll stand on the curb in 20 degree weather for two days, but I ain't praying for two hours. That's crazy. I'm not going to church two services in a day. I can't, I got, I got stuff I have to do. I can't use all my time at church. We want to cater to the things of the flesh and the, the things of the flesh are at enmity with God. They're hostile. Um, in, not in agreement with the laws of the God, of God. So let's try day by day, minute by minute to instead, let's nurture our spirit. Let's, let's inconvenience ourselves for something that our spirit wants, for something that our spirit craves so that we can improve our fellowship with the father. Not so that we can become his child. You're already his child. Nothing you do at this point is going to change that. But when we just even with our natural children, have you ever had times where it's like your fellowship with your children? I mean, they were just wonderful. You just couldn't even bear the thought of them leaving to go to school because you were going to miss them. You just wanted to hang out with them all the time and do stuff with them. Wouldn't that be wonderful to walk like that with God? Where you just didn't even want to, I don't even want to go to sleep. I just want to stay here and talk to you for a little bit longer. Because you enjoy him being with you everywhere you go. And you have that fellowship. Like when our kids are little, I remember uh, Jasmine was in law school. Well, not Jasmine. Lord have mercy. I was in law school (laughs) when I had Jasmine. And she was eight months old when I went back to school. And I was in Atlanta, so I was gone a lot. Uh, And so one summer, and I was going summer. So I thought one summer, I'm taking this summer off. I'm pulling her out of daycare, and we're just going to hang out together. And we had so much fun because everywhere I went, she was with me. We got along so much better because we were able to sort of anticipate each other's moves. Now, she was just a little kid, but you know, we could, you know, when you spend that kind of time with people, you can sort of get a feel for what's going on with them. If they're, you know, a little moody or if they're not liking something, you know, they don't even have to say, you just kind of know. And I'm like, well, we need to take a little bit of break and she needs to get a nap or no, we can go on. Let's go do this. Let's do this. Because we spent that time together, we we bonded. I inconvenienced myself so that I could cater to what she needed. She needed time with her mom. 
when we inconvenience ourselves to cater our bodies, to cater to the things that our spirit wants, we're going to spend more time in the presence of the Lord. Right? So it's not about our relationship. It's about our fellowship. You're already a child of God. Stop trying to do stuff. So there's nothing that Nick and Jasmine can do that would make them any more my children than they already are. But we can enhance our fellowship with one another. Or we can not. And we don't want to not do it right. I don't want to be that rebellious teenager with God. I want to be the kid that when he thinks about, he smiles. Because when I think about my children, I smile. And that gets me in trouble. Because when I'm in the store and I see something I know they would like, I get it. And I know they don't need it. But I'm like, oh, they would like this. I'm going to buy it. I just, you just want, you want to give to people like that. Okay. We're out of time. Anybody have any questions? Chapter 8, verses 1 through 14. We may or may not have to finish the rest of chapter 8. I'll see. We may have possibly in some roundabout way covered it. Or I may leave it to you for you to cover on your own. We'll see. This is all the process of sanctification. And since so much of it, the Holy Spirit is mentioned so much in chapter um, 8 that we're actually covering parts of it in Wednesday night Bible study. So um, get the CDs for Bible study if you haven't already. We may or may not revisit chapter 8. If not, the next section covers chapters 9 through 11. So if you haven't read them already or if you haven't, it's been a while, go ahead and read up on those and we'll see how far we can get. Thank you guys so much for being a part of our Sunday School program. You are dismissed. We pray that you are richly blessed by today's message. We would love to connect with you. Just go to our website at kingdomrock.org. You can become our friend on Facebook or follow us on Twitter and subscribe to our YouTube channel and a whole lot more. Right there at kingdomrock.org. We would love to hear from you. And if you're in the Bremen area, please stop by and join us every Sunday morning. Sunday school is at 9 a.m. and Sunday morning is at 10. Wednesday night, we have what's called Hour of Power. It starts at 6.30 p.m. All are invited. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Give us a call at 770-537-1933. We would love to hear from you. And if you have a prayer request, by all means, please log on to our website at kingdomrock.org and click on the prayer page. Until tomorrow, remember that Jesus is Lord. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.